0: So the other day I'm here doing snap stuff And decide to find out What's happening high In the mountains of North Carolina So I grab the phone To talk to one of our Go-to storytellers Dr. Raymond Christian Now if you listen to this show For a while You've heard the good doctor Who really is The world's most interesting man No matter what the commercial says So I get him on the line Hey what's happening happening. He's like, everything's fine, you know, everything's fine. Right, right. So I just wait. And eventually, what's really happening starts to leak out. See, for some folks, the story, it doesn't just happen to them. They happen to the story. And today, on a very special snap, we thought you should hear what Dr. Christian told me. And yes, this story does contain some graphic imagery and strong language, but it's more than that. Listen anyway, because Snap producer Nika Singh, he spoke to the good doctor to fill in the blanks. Dr. Christian, take it away.
1: My lungs feel so tight. So tired. No regrets. No regrets. Yeah, it takes more than the virus to kill a buffalo soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I was just finishing up uh, feeding my chickens and I ran out of feed and I needed to go into town to get some more. So I loaded up all the containers and I was driving down the road through the valley, heading to the stockyard. I'm passing thousands of trees with leaves falling down and it's it's beautiful fall weather. What we call in this part of the country, uh, Indian summer. Then I get to the clearing in the road, and I see all these Trump signs, Trump signs, one after another after another. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait for this damn election to be over with. It's not like these are welcome signs to me, you know, like, uh, (laughs) welcome to the community. I mean, I'm like the only black man with a black family in this part of the county. So we're always noticeable. In fact, everybody who know a black person in this part of the county know it's us. So a couple of hundred yards after I passed the sign, I see this kid step out from the trees out in the road and the way he was waving his hands was really unusual. There was something about the look on his face, the the dirtiness of his shoes, the shakiness of him that made me pull over immediately. So I pull over and he goes, Ray, Ray, my my uncle, tree, tree, the uncle. I go, what? What is it? I don't know if he's trying to tell me that uh, they're cutting wood, but he is really, really frantic. And uh, so I stop the car and I get out. I don't know why, but for some reason, when I got out of that car, when I was talking to the kid on the road, I felt the need to take the mask off and throw it back in the car. And I said, what is it? And he said, Uncle, Uncle Chris, he's cutting a tree. And and I don't know. (sighs) When you live in a rural area like this, little small things can draw people's attention. And I'm thinking this is what the boy is doing. Because he's called me down for several things, like to see a new pot-bellied pig, dead fox, new tractor, all kinds of stuff. And so I, I didn't say any more to him. I just started walking in that direction. There's a small, muddy, rocky road that leads into the brush. And that's the road I walked up into. Maybe 50 yards into the woods. It looked like there were several people standing around a tractor. But as I got closer, it wasn't several people. It was just one man. What I was seeing was uh, his arms and legs um, twisted and distorted in an in, 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 in unnatural way. And um, as I got closer to him, it was pretty clear that uh, what the injuries that he had uh, sustained was not uh, consistent with life. So as I'm staring at the guy and trying to recognize him, I realize I do know him. I've known him for about 16 years. We've had several small conversations about animals, about farm life, about agriculture. And then I hear his mother coming up behind me. She starts crying and she's beside herself with grief. Then I wonder, is there anything I could do? So the logical part of me said that this man is dead. But just like in the military, I've seen people grotesquely injured and maimed in ways that you would think there's no way that they could possibly live. But we never give up. Our medics don't give up. We don't give up on our friends. And I thought maybe, If there was any chance at all, I was going to give it to this man's mother. So I went through the motions. And I checked his pulse. And there was no pulse. And I checked his breathing. There was no breath. And I looked into his eyes. And they were blank. And focused. So I knew he was gone. On one hand, I... I was repulsed and I wanted to leave the scene and get away from the body. But on the other hand, I wanted to show him some respect. Whether he was in there or not. So I held his hand and I rubbed it gently. And I said, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And his mother said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I stayed there until the... Emergency workers removed the tree that had crushed and killed him on the tractor and they took his body down and placed it on the ground. That's when other family members started to show up and I started to greet them and meet each one of them. Some I'd never talked to and here I was hugging them and being kissed by people. No masks, just vulnerable, careless, and reckless compassion for people that I regularly didn't have any social contact with. So it seemed like almost in an instant, this rural, isolated road became just a surge of people. You had first responders, family members, then nosy people just showing up to see what's going on. Some of the people were friendly. Some of them were not. Asking me strange questions. Why are you parked there? Who was I there to see? And Who did I know? That basically means uh, a black person, what the hell are you doing here? I felt like they didn't need me no more. And I just kind of fade into the distance. So I walk the 50 yards or so back to my car, brushing off the mud from my pants and my shoes along the way. I get inside the car, start the engine, the music starts back up again. But I turn it off immediately. And I drive off. So a few days later I'm driving down that same road again and there's that same kid stepping out in the road again to wave me down. I pull over, except this time they just want to thank me for for being there with the family. So I get out of the car, we embrace, and his mama comes out and I hug her and his little brother and his daddy. In the days that followed, I must have pulled over and stopped by that trail on the side of the road at least a half a dozen times to greet and embrace the family. And about a week later, I started getting the sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, serving in the army, you know, uh, it's all about accomplishing the mission, and I probably had. I'd probably broken seven or eight bones. I've had six or seven concussions, been damaged by IED, I've been shot, and uh, we drive on. I was a paratrooper, I was trained uh, to deal with the little things, little problems. So when I started to get the sniffles, I just blew it off. But just to be on the safe side, I go get the test. And by the time I take the test, I've gotten sicker and sicker. And now I'm starting to get worried. I get a phone call from the health department telling me that my uh, my test for COVID was, positive. was positive, 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 positive. I was just thinking about my family, the kids. And then it was like, oh man, I messed up. I messed up. I get a text message from my wife and she's asking me have you heard anything about your results have they said anything yet I text her back and said I will call you in a moment and while I was uh, contemplating what I was gonna say on the phone call I was thinking then man she's gonna be upset you know that I wasn't careful enough so I pick up the phone I dial the number it rings longer than it normally does. She answers the phone and she's asked me, I sat your text message. What did they say? I tell her, Tiffany, they say I'm positive for COVID. She says, oh my God. And that's when we start to talk about where did you think you got it from? I said, you know that I not only had contact with one group of people. And I said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I should have been thinking. I felt like I did nothing for that family, but I endangered my own. And she told me, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. So me and my wife, after we talked, we decided that was it. The safest thing to do was for them to not come back in the house. There was a point I had this almost instant feeling of loneliness and regret. Like maybe this would be the last time that I would see my family again. So I'm talking to myself and I'm feeling breathless. And I asked myself, was it worth it? Yeah, man, I could take this pain. I could do this again. <laughs> I'm saying that shit now. I don't know. <coughs> I don't know what that would be like 24 hours from now. But in the here and now, I could take that pain again for a human being. It's the least we can do, right? We can't bring back the dead. But you can squeeze a hand and hug a mama. Small shit, you know. That's all I had. And and sometimes that's all you need, man. To make you go another day as a human. I mean, all the frustration I had with these people. But in that moment, that was my mama. That was my brothers and sisters down there crying. They weren't no Trump supporters. They weren't no super crazy conservatives. They're just fucking people, man. Just folks. Just folks. (laughs) So now, here I am, sitting at home, all alone, I'm sick, I'm quarantined, and I am just completely naked. I ain't got no shirt on, no pants, no underwear, no socks, no shoes, no nothing. I don't, I don't normally walk around with no clothes on, but right now I'm here alone. I'm feeling really hot because of the fever I'm just like, I got no clothes on. I'm naked because I can do that. I'm feel fucking miserable, but free. Thank you for the nudity, COVID.
0: news, good news, good news. The good news is, just so you know, Dr. Raymond Christian is no longer sick. His family has returned, but now, Dr. Raymond has to wear pants. Big love and thanks so much Dr. Raymond Christian for sharing his story with the Snap. If you love this, know that he's got plenty more on his podcast What's Ray Saying? we have a link on our website SnapJudgment.org. The original score for this story was by Lauren Newsom. It was produced by Nika Singh. Yes, yes, yes. Somehow, someway, it happened again. But don't haul all the snap story goodness for yourself. Tell somebody about the snap so they can snap too do you know someone who needs some snap gear wants to look good out on these streets snap judgment t-shirts and pins are available right now at the snap judgment studio shop snap judgment and if you want to know the story behind the story hit me on the instagram or the twitter snap is brought to you by the team that always carries dog treats in their pockets wherever we go everyone of course except for the producer mr mark Ristich just found out that dogs can't eat chocolate. Pat Machine miller Anna Susman, Renzo Corio, John Fasile, Shayna Shealy, Marissa Dodge, Nika Singh, Teo DeCott, Leon Morimoto, Flo Wiley, Nancy Lopez, and Regina Beriaco. And this is not the news. No way is this the those. In fact, you pay a sudden random visit to Dr. Raymond Christian's farm and see far more than you expected and you would still Still not be as far away from the news as this is, but this is PRX.